what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. What is good, everybody? Welcome back to the Spirit-Filled Real Talk podcast. We're going to talk about one of the things I for sure geek out over, and that is one of the, if not the most pivotal things that I offer clients when we work together, and this is how to master your inner game how to master your inner game. So often in life, we're taught to achieve, we're taught to do, we're taught to hustle and grind and 10x and go after all the things. And I, for the record, am not minimizing action. But what I am offering today is that no amount of action can change really crappy inner world, okay? No amount of action can fix a poor belief system. No amount of action can fix a very volatile and unstable emotional life or lack of emotional intelligence. No amount of action can fix unforgiveness. It just does not happen. And so where we get tripped up as humans, most often, all of us... right? None of us are immune. We get tripped up when we try to change outer circumstances and win in the outer game without taking a look at our inner world at all, okay? So in your life, you have your inner world and you have your outer world. And what we typically do is we try to fix the outside and just avoid, with everything we've got, the inside until it comes to a point where something on the outside is so bad we have to look within, right? And what I want to also present to you today is that that doesn't have to be your story and you don't have to perpetuate that bad habit. You can actually enjoy doing your inner work in a way that gives you life and gives you energy and helps you build momentum in all of the directions that you absolutely want. So the way I describe this is basically how you can create multiple streams of peace. right? You don't need to just create multiple streams of income necessarily, but multiple streams of peace, right? And just evaluate what is flowing out of you. So we're going to talk about this today, what it actually means practically and simply to master your inner game, to master your inner game. And I want to apply some truth to this right from the jump. So it actually says that In 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So if you are confused about where to get principles and where to get standards for living to have a high quality of life, right, and a meaningful and fulfilling life, 2 Timothy makes it clear. Scripture is breathed out by God. It's alive. It's active, right? And as you read it, 
You can teach yourself. You can correct yourself and you can train in righteousness, right? We can be righteous, but we might not act like it. And we definitely might not look like it, right? We have to train in that and embody that and be about it to get the results of righteousness and the fruit of righteousness in our life, right? It also says in Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope, come on, fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope, overflow in hope, right? So what this is saying is that as you are full of hope and expectancy about the promises of God that he has for you and God's word does not return void, God has promises for you, right? And as you get a revelation of them and start believing for them, he will fill you with joy and peace as you believe so that you can actually, by the power of the Holy Spirit, walk out the process to get to the promise. So powerful, okay? Now, if you can hear from both of these, these things are intangible, right? You can't necessarily see them, right? But they are intangible. They're very real. I like to say that our inner world is often more real than what we can see with our physical eyes. It's more real than our outer world, right? Because everything in our outer world is subject to change, (laughs) right? Okay. And then it also says in Romans 8, 6, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. So this is why it's so, so important to recognize that Personal development and just kind of forcing your way through life is not the way of peace. It's not the way of life. It's the way usually of more stress, anxiety, frustration, insecurity, imposter syndrome, right? Like all of these things that we can start to experience when we're getting out of alignment, okay? So when it comes to mastering your inner game, let's make this practical for you. I just want to build up some truth here at the beginning so you recognize that this is a value, right? We really need, it's a necessity. We need to get good at doing our our mind training and, and understanding our emotions and how we actually communicate and express ourselves. Huge deal. The same tongue that speaks blessing also speaks cursing. Doesn't have to. We can actually control that, right? Or evaluating what is going on in our heart so that it doesn't take a big break or a wake-up call to get our attention, right? We can live intentionally every day. And when we do, that is so fulfilling. It's actually very creative and life-giving, okay? So how might one build their inner world? So this is a great question. This is where I have the most fun working with people. But seven ways that you can cultivate your inner strength. We're going to talk about them. Number one, you've got to know who you are. You've got to know who you are. Because insecurity is an inner strength killer. Inner strength killer. When you are insecure, when you are in doubt, when you are in fear, when you are in unbelief, when you don't know who you are, you show up that same way. You you show up in a way that is very volatile, in a very, way that is very chaotic. And it is hard to really relate and feel safe with people when you have a lot of insecurity. It is also hard to give and share and offer to the world everything that you're here to give them when you are insecure about it, right? When you're not clear on what you value, you do not steward it well. And that is a disservice to you and everyone that you're here to serve, okay? So also want to highlight here that 
whether things are going well or going poorly, the stronger you are on the inside, the more you actually accomplish on the outside. Okay, so that's why this is really important. I'm not saying that, yes, circumstances, they don't matter. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I am saying is your inner world is going to affect everything in your outer world. And you've got to start on the inner to change the outer right? No amount of manipulation and control can change (laughs) the outer like the inner work can, okay? An inner work submitted to God and moving by divine inspiration, totally different, all right, than force and dis-ease, all right? So if there's one thing that you can count on in the world, it's inconsistency, it's chaos, it's darkness, right? And the journey is always a series of up and, de- up and down, up and down, right? And challenges come and can become obstacles if we don't have the tools built up, that inner strength built up on the inside. And opportunities, when you have that strength, can become triumphs, okay? The one constant is you and how you deal with what is in your life. Are you reactive? Are you responsive? Are you intentional? Where are you at on the spectrum? You've got options, And if you're weak inside, you will be tossed to and fro, kind of like a a rowboat in a hurricane, right? You're going to be tossed to and fro at anything that comes. And that is a just very uncomfortable way to live, right? But those who actually cultivate their inner strength and people that I work with are able to weather any storm and can travel great distances at a speed when the seas are calm, right? So if you think about it, Great successes come when we use our inner power to make the most of the times that we're in. And even when times are rough, ultimately, the stronger your inner core is, that will grow you through whatever you go through. And you can tune up your inner strength with just a few key exercises, which we're going to jump back into. So here are the few tips. Number one, know who you are, okay? As I mentioned, insecurity is an inner strength killer. It's usually the the ground of comparison, judgment, doubt, murmuring, complaining, right? Building up a really low vibe (laughs) belief system that does not serve you at all. That's usually the root of insecurity. It is a strength killer. Whatever strength that you have, it's going to suck the life out of that, okay? And your personality is the foundation of power. Your connection to God and how God expresses himself through you is your source of power. And you want to know what that is like, what that feels like. And you want to track with that in your life, okay? So the more comfortable and confident and aware of yourself you are, the less the outside world can do damage to you, right? It can't steal your peace, okay? So simple things, like if you know that you are a child of the Most High God, if you know that you are being guided and protected, if you know that the creator of the universe created you for such a time as this, then you'll show up on purpose and live like it, right? One day at a time, one step at a time, one moment at a time. If you know that your worth is not something that can be negotiated, you won't try to negotiate it or prove it to anyone, right? You won't try to defend yourself or protect yourself. You'll just let God fight some of those battles for you because they're not yours to fight. You'll be able to discern and distinguish what is a battle that you will step into and what is one that you will not, right? What is worth your energy? right? And what is not? 
The more you know your identity, who you are, how you operate, what you value, you'll be able to make clean decisions, pure decisions, right? You'll be able to do as the word of God says. You'll let your yes be yes and your no be no, okay? How do you start cultivating this awareness? Number two, spend time in silence. Now, if you're anything like me, this used to be the scariest thing to do. (laughs) I would do everything to not spend time in silence. It just felt like, oh no, I don't want to think about all my racing thoughts. I don't even want to feel anything. Like who has time for that? That's not going to change my life. So it took me years actually to get to a place where I could slow down and rewire my inner rhythm to such a degree that I could actually sit in silence to a point where I crave it, like I need it in my life because it informs everything that I do and how I show up in the world. Where am I going to get revelation for my life or wisdom, knowledge, understanding if I'm not being still? Be still and know that I'm God. If I'm not going to be still, how am I going to know God? Interesting. The answer to that, I'm not. (laughs) I have to be still to start having relationship, to be present with God, to learn how to listen, to learn how to receive, to understand how I receive information from God. Am I sensing it? Am I perceiving it? Do I just know it? Is there an impression? Is he highlighting a word to me in his word? Like what is happening, right? That helps me know that, ooh, that was God. Is he answering prayer in a specific way? What is going on? I I only know that when I'm being still, right? And the world is really a noisy place. Even when we've been in a pandemic, the world has still been loud. And if we invite that into our inner world, right, it will drown out the still small voice and the wisdom that we can receive from God. So distractions and disruptions can chip away at your core, leaving you frazzled and beat up. But just because that's the norm for some people, that is not the way it has to be. And it does not have to be your reality at all, right? It is a great disservice to let the world steal your peace. It's ultimately you giving you your power away. Peace is power, okay? So you've got to make it a priority. You cannot allow yourself to have excuses saying, well, I don't have time for that. It's not valuable. I'm not going to get anything out of that. That's not going to change my life. I need to do eight other things instead, right? That actually rob me of everything that I'm trying to get, right? It is not a service to you to do any of that. You need to take time to rejuvenate and to connect to your power source. I like to say tuned in, tapped in, turned on, right? Like I need to get activated every day if I expect to function at the standard that I believe I am called to. It is not a fair expectation of myself to not fill myself up, to to not spend time with God, to not be connected to my power source, to not be in relationship with God, to receive wisdom and guidance for how to go about what he's giving me the opportunity to today. It's not fair to expect myself to show up well if I'm not doing the stillness work, okay? And this doesn't have to be complicated. Set aside time to be still every day. And then also, I recommend doing this. Set aside a day that is time for you to literally unplug from everything. If you need to, you know, go stay at a hotel to do this, to get out of your home, if you need to get on a retreat somewhere, whatever you need to do, but set aside time actually in your calendar. You can do this quarterly, 
You can do it one time a month. You can figure out what the flow is for you, but set aside time without email, without music, without TV, without humans, and just connect with nature, sit with what God is putting on your heart, journal, pray, get clear so that you can actually show up in your life differently. The only way to calm your inner chaos is with 100% focus, and you do not get that by adding more to your plate. You've got to create space to cultivate this stillness because here is one of the benefits of it, which changes everything. When you are in moments of chaos, if you have cultivated stillness, you can still be calm in chaos. You don't have to react. You don't have to freak out. You don't have to lose it in front of all the humans. You can actually be calm because you've cultivated that. You know what that's like and you can see what's happening without reacting so that you can actually influence it. So powerful. Okay. Number three, set a routine. Set a routine and let it be a routine that you look forward to. Okay. Every ounce of energy wasted drains your inner strength right? Why do things inefficiently and redundantly? Why? Control what you can control so you can focus your efforts and brain power on the things that you can control, okay? So a lot of times we value in the world, worldly value is multitasking, right? I'm so awesome. I can juggle this, 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 this. Great. However, what that ends up doing is that we give little bits of ourselves to many things and we don't show up fully for anything. Listen to that. When you are multitasking, you are giving yourself to many things and you are giving little bits of yourself, which means you are not giving 100% of yourself to anything, right? And people in your world feel that. It's going to show up in your work. It'll be half effort, right? It will not be the best that you can do, but you think you're doing amazing just because you're quote unquote getting things done. But are you? Like, are you actually progressing? Sometimes we have to have a really hard look at that, right? Grab a notebook and separate your daily tasks into repetitive tasks and thinking tasks. Then create processes and routines for the repetitive tasks and you'll actually see there will be brain space for you as you do this. Okay, so for example, I have the daily five. These are five things that I make sure help me function no matter what. So quiet time is one of them. Moving my body is one of them. Eating and fueling my body with clean foods as close to the source as possible. Fruits, veggies, anything in a pure form versus like canned or boxed, right? Drinking a ton of water. Serving and contributing and then gratitude. Okay, so I'm doing these five things every day because I wanted to get really good at working those because those help me function. I need those in my life. Now, I will tell you, those can be repetitive tasks to most people, right? But to me, I schedule them through my day and I flex my style. Like some days, you know, quiet time, I love it most when it's in the morning and it's at the start of my day. Realistically, that doesn't always happen, but I'm not gonna beat myself up for that. I'm just gonna make sure I do it before my bed hits the pillow. So sometimes I might have a break in the afternoon and it's the perfect space just to invest in that quiet time. Or maybe it's you know in the evening or after calls with different clients and after different projects that I've done, right? And just bringing a different level of reflection and being able to see like how God is moving and how I can partner differently even the next day, right? So I have quiet time every day. I often squeeze in workouts, 
when I need a break, right? When I've been really in my mind and doing a lot of this beautiful work, right? It's the best to move my body. I actually enjoy it. It's me taking care of myself and switching gears and it energizes me. And eating clean, right? I eat for energy and that shift alone in my life makes eating so fun. I'm like, what's gonna fuel me? What's gonna help me be focused and attentive, you know, on this next call, right? Oh, I'm starting to feel a headache. That means I need to pound a whole bottle of water probably, (laughs) right? So it helps me be more aware. So just simple things like that. I made the repetitive things, things that I look forward to and things that I enjoy, things that are gifts to my day and to my life, right? Now, when it comes to thinking tasks, I schedule these out as well. Like there's a day and a time block on my calendar just to plan and map out my week ahead. There's a day that I actually evaluate how that went so I can make pivots the next week. And I put different time blocks for things that I'm valuing. If I want to connect, you know, with people, I have actually something that I'm blocking on my calendar to do that. And it's just blocked. I'm going to show up. That's going to happen, right? I'm not going to try to figure it out on the fly because that's wasting my energy and my time. So I'm going to think it through and be effective. And then that's, that's it. That's the only time I'm going to use to plan. But when you do this, when you set a routine, it helps you show up and be fully present with the different things that are in your life right? Whether that's family time for you, whether it's date nights, whether it's networking, whether it's having time to journal and just reflect on what's even happening in your inner world, whether that's visualizing, whether that's working with a coach. For me personally, I had to start scheduling time with a coach in my life to start prioritizing myself. I was not good at it. So I had to actually schedule it in with another human to make it happen in my life, right? And I still work with coaches to this day just to keep myself accountable and continue to grow and evolve and be of highest service to those that I'm working with, okay? Set a routine and a routine that lights you up and adds to your life. Number four, create the right circle, okay? Hanging out with the wrong people can deplete your energy with every visit, truly, right? And if you're just pouring you know, money and time and energy into things that give you nothing in return, what are you doing, right? Like what if you use that time for something that can actually move the needle on something you truly care about and progress your life, right? It's not worth it if you're around the wrong people. Their inner weakness can suck the life from your inner core. No matter how strong we think we are, right? If you are around people that are not a good influence on you, that can still weigh you down. So you wanna build your world with others who are strong inside, okay? Often people that are even way stronger than you so that you can learn and develop in those areas, right? Keep company with those who celebrate you and feed positive energy into your life. I also recommend not just positive energy, but the truth, (laughs) the word of God that can actually encourage your spirit, okay? Be brutal and protective about the company you keep. One sour person can take down the whole community, right? So little little foxes spoil the vine, right, is the scripture for that. So even think about it with a home, okay? When it comes to your home, there's certain people that are allowed in certain spaces probably, right? There's certain people that, one, never make it through your front door. <laughs> there's certain people that never make it on your property, right? But there's other people that can come into your living room. They can come into your kitchen. Other people, maybe they can come into your office or other people, maybe they can only be on the back patio. But this can help you understand where people can be in your life and who can be in those intimate spaces and who cannot. Okay, number five, gain control of your body. It is super tough 
super tough because you'll almost feel out of integrity. Well, you won't almost feel, you will feel out of integrity if you are strong inside but unhealthy outside. It won't line up with your value system. So you've got to make a strong effort to be fit and active. Eat well, exercise, dress in a way that makes you feel good about yourself and confident and be proactive about your health and use your body to strengthen your soul, okay? Much of our strength, right, comes from moving our body and is physical. It's a very practical way to build inner strength, right? So when you're weightlifting, right, you're working reps, you're working through resistance, and we do that spiritually as well to grow in our leadership. So if you work hard and take care of your body, right, just by making that a value, right, this is a body, this is a vessel that God has given you to go into all the world and do what he's gifted you to do and be who he's put you here to be, right? Making yourself feel good when you look in the mirror is everything, right? Because you see who that is. When no one else is around, you see who that is. You know what's going on. And so when you take care of yourself, you start to grow in your self-esteem, your worth, your image, right? It's not just like a very superficial type thing. When you feel good about yourself, when you take care of yourself, you show up in the world differently. You start feeling powerful and it adds to your inner strength. Number six, give yourself a good home. Give yourself a really good space. I had a visitor (laughs) recently that said that my home looks like a model home, (laughs) right? You know, like the homes that they would show because they're trying to sell. And I'm like, well, I just really enjoy having a space that I can breathe in. I love having essential oils going. I love bright light and having windows. I love it to just be clean. I love having different you know, moods or atmospheres for every room. Like I just enjoy being able to retreat into spaces that that give me life and make me feel good because I can't guarantee that's going to happen in the world, but I can create that kind of space for me. So if it's super messy and things everywhere and I'm not taking care of it, to me, that's just reflective of my inner world. And I like my space to really add to my life, to to make me feel strong and safe in it. So when my house is in order, right, it, it really adds to my life. It makes it easier for me to relax and just take it easy in, okay? So when you think about it, when you live in a home that makes you feel happy and proud, it's safe, Okay, and it it makes it easy for you to have quiet time or for you to show up and do your work in whatever space you have. I've always done this. So, you know, whether it was a a room, a dorm room, (laughs) I still made my space within that space while sharing it with somebody else. Whether it was in a house with multiple girls in college, I still had my space. Right. Whether it was an apartment, I every time I made sure to make a safe environment that was inviting and welcoming after I've been out in the world doing the work in the world, okay? And then lastly, number seven, connect with the source of your power, right? It doesn't make sense to expect yourself to operate powerfully if you're not even connecting with the source of your power, okay? So we gain inner strength, we gain peace, we gain confidence, we gain awareness when we are connecting with God through prayer, through meditating on the word, through visualizing the promises of God for you, through interceding for other people, through journaling and reflecting, through asking God questions and sitting and inviting his answers. 
we grow in connecting and in building relationship with God. Not religion, but relationship. Not rules, but relationship, right? And you can connect with God. And as you do, this will amplify your inner strength and it will cause you to show up differently in the world, okay? So just a quick recap. These are practical things that you can do. When it comes to your inner world, you're probably like, "Mm, what is my inner world? And your inner world really is everything that happens in your mind, such as our thoughts, our emotions, our feelings, our beliefs, okay? And the outer world is full of situations and circumstances that happen to us and our physical reality, okay? Letting your outer world control your actions robs you of your power to create your own reality. And we are made in the image and likeness of God. Therefore, we are creators also. We are creative. There's not just creatives in the world and those people that create. We're all that way, okay? So we're designed to co-create reality with God, All right, so powerful. And you can't do that if you're not connected to God and if you're not building up your spiritual leadership and your inner world and mastering your inner game, which is all those things I just mentioned. So how do you do that practically? Know who you are. Really go into this to know thyself. Identity work is so, so powerful. Underrated, but very powerful. Spend time alone in silence. Get out of the noise, whatever you have to do. Cancel some subscriptions if you have to. (laughs) Get with God and chill instead of Netflix and chill for a bit and see if that doesn't change your life. Set a routine. Create the right circle. Create it. Don't expect it just to show up in your world. Create it. Gain control of your body. Take care of this vessel that you've been given, right? If you're not giving it water, How do you think you're going to show up? You'll probably notice moodiness and headaches, right? And anger and frustration. Take control of your body. Get good sleep. Take care of it. Move it. Build muscle. Feel strong in it. Give yourself a good home. Whatever space you have, make that a place, a home for you, a welcoming place, a safe space, a life-giving atmosphere, whether you... Think about all your senses. How do you feel in there? What do you smell? What do you see? Right? What is in that space? How do you make it yours so it's inviting for you to show up for? And then connect with your source of power. Probably a no-brainer, but that's that. So what I want to offer right now is we're wrapping. I know, but these are this is a really great tool. This is a, a supernatural cycle that I want to take you through. So a lot of times we, we operate with patterning and programming that is subconscious, okay? And in order to master your inner world, you have to wake up. You have to grow in wisdom, in knowledge, in discernment, in application of the word and of the truth in your life, right? You have to grow a track record with God, but how do you do that intentionally? And so I'm going to give you a process that you can run through, Okay. And it's full of four things, four things. Number one, you have belief patterns, belief patterns. And then from your belief patterns, you have potential. And this is the energy that you put in motion, your emotion. Okay. From there, you have your actions. And then from there, you have results. This is a chain reaction. Okay. So a very simple example that we can probably all relate to, all of us are in relationship with at least another human, okay? I mean, there's relationship with God, there's relationship with yourself, there's at least relationship with one other human in your world, okay? Think about that. There are currently beliefs that you have operating 
about that relationship. You think about this person some kind of way habitually, right? Then because you do that, you operate in potential and build some kind of momentum that gets a, that then leads you to take action and get a certain result. So an example of this is you could say, oh my God, this person is so annoying, right? That could be your belief. This person is so annoying. Now, because you believe that, while you have this divine nature in you, right? This highest version of you, this new creation self, right? That absolutely is made in the image and likeness of Christ. You're probably not showing up at that level 10. You might be showing up at like level five, six, right? And with that belief that this person is annoying, you might do a sigh. You might roll your eyes, right? You might have a temper tantrum and act some kind of way in their presence. You might gossip about them. You might have all these vain imaginations in your mind about them and add to that bad belief. And then the results that you get are a disconnected relationship of some kind, maybe some dysfunction and something that is just not what you look forward to. Like you actually avoid dealing with this person because that is operating. With me, that is a pattern, that is a program, that is a cycle that you go through repeatedly. Often what this looks like, we do this with people usually that are closest to us, okay? You know, some of the beliefs could be, this person's annoying, this person doesn't understand me, I don't get why we're here like this, like why this, like I don't get why they won't show up and be better, I don't get why they won't, you know, like do their work, I don't get why, right? Like we form all of these judgments and all of this like crazy stuff in our mind drama, okay? Which is not the renewed mind of Christ tracking. Then because we do all that, we start to kill our potential, right? We don't show up unstoppable with love. We show up in resentment and bitterness and unforgiveness and frustration and anger, right? That That's the energy that we're starting to build energy with, right? And putting into motion. So with that momentum that we've just cultivated and built up, then we take some really low energy action, okay? Which looks like venting, it looks like reacting, it looks like having a temper tantrum, it looks like getting frustrated, it looks like gossiping, it looks like destroying, right? And then the result we get is more of the same. We we damage that connection, we say things that we don't want to say, we act in ways that are hurtful. We create a wall between us and the other person. We make it about them and we blame, right? And the enemy loves it. And that's not what we're designed for. And when we're not aware, for example, of what is going on in our inner world, what is going on in our mind? What are we thinking about? What are we believing? When we're not aware, we're not emotionally intelligent, right? We don't have any awareness about what we're feeling and what is triggering that and what that means, right? Then we continue these patterns and these cycles. But when you grow in your awareness, when you grow in wisdom, when you grow in knowledge, when you start getting insight about how God wants to develop you and grow you in spiritual maturity and leadership in this season, you can make some really radical changes and fast because it's not just going to be in your might and your strength, but by the spirit, right? So think about this same relationship, right? If you have a renewed mind of Christ, so it's not the mind anymore, which is your ego, now it's the mind of Christ, right? Then you're going to be operating at your highest potential. So whereas you might have been a six, now you could be a 10. 
that person, that renewed human, that new creation self is going to take different action and get different result. With me? So the renewed mind of Christ might have insights like this person is walking through this season, right? The, the spirit can reveal things to us that we just couldn't even know, right? Which could also then humble us and give us empathy and, and prayer points for this person when we're not with them, right? So this person is going through this season, right? Here's how you can pray for them, which could also change your heart, right? Or, you know, this person is doing the best that they can. This person has always been, you know, a reliable and consistent person in my life and really means well, right? This person wants to operate in love, right? But hasn't seen that and I'm not helping. I'm not being a good example, right? So like there could be revelation that comes versus just the judgment. With me, when you have a renewed mind of Christ, what starts to happen is not only do you see that person differently, but you see yourself differently. You start to see, wow, I haven't been being an example to this person of what's possible. I haven't been present. I haven't been loving. I haven't been sensitive. I haven't been you know, inspired. I haven't been a gift in this person's life, right? Like I've actually had a lot of expectations that have been blocking me from doing that, okay? So when you do this work with God, you get a ton of revelation, which changes your belief, okay? Then when that has changed, you actually understand what your new marching orders are, so to speak, okay? So how do I shift this relationship? Well, if I'm going to be love, what does that look like here, right? I am loving, I am encouraging, I am an inspiration, I'm a godly influence. Like if that's your potential, I am joy, I am righteousness, right? If that's your identity, you will act out of that identity if you actually believe it, right? And then you will get a different result and you might see this person soften, you might see changes happen in that relationship, okay? Although your job in a relationship is to manage what you bring to the table, not manage what somebody else is doing, but manage what you are bringing to the table. That will change the relationship, absolutely, if you bring God into it first, right? Okay, so the idea here, the homework is, look at your belief patterns and what that looks like for your potential, who's showing up when you have that belief, and then how are you acting and what are the results that you're getting. Now, if you want to change it, think about the results that you want, okay? You can kind of reverse engineer this or back into this too. If you want to have a healthy relationship, if you want a high-functioning relationship, if you want a connected relationship, if you want to have fun and adventure in your relationship, if you want to be present in this relationship, if you want those results, then what actions do you take to get there? How much of your potential do you have to use to actually create that and be realistic and 100 with yourself? And then what do you need to believe to do that? Because your belief will put your energy in motion, which will lead you to the momentum to take the action, right? And then get the result. With me? So, so powerful, okay? But that could like look like, for example, let's say you wanna have a better relationship with your partner. Okay, you want to go on weekly, you want to go on date nights, you want to have more adventure, you want to do more fun things together, you want to make good memories, you want to have, you know, uh, more spontaneity and freedom, you want to feel closer and more intimate, and intimacy is really intimacy, so just being connected to somebody, you want to, you want to cultivate that, you want to have a safe environment for the relationship to flourish in. These could be some of the results that you just brain dump out of your head. Then what actions do you take to do that? If you want to have more adventure, maybe you plan a weekly date night together and you you shift off back and forth who takes the planning, right? Or maybe you block out a, a vacation that you're going to do. Or maybe 
Uh, you have certain days where you cook dinner together, but you actually map out what that action looks like. It's got to be clear and measurable and specific, right? Then if you want to have more intimacy, what does that mean? Does it mean that you're going to actually share some things with your partner that you've not been sharing? Does that mean that you're going to have time where you guys can go on a walk together and actually talk things through? Does that mean that you're going to have time to support your partner and what they're doing in the world too, not just thinking about what you're doing? What does that mean, right? Like get clear on what that looks like. If you want to have more safety and security in the relationship, how can that be an invitation for you guys to actually get clear on what that looks like? Maybe you actually block a time to talk about that and then create that environment in your home. How do you do that, right? That, that could be an opportunity for you guys to create that. Then potential, okay, what's it gonna take? Like what level <laughs> do you need to be at to take that action to get those results, right? Think about that. If you are somebody, you might have to be somebody that says, I love my partner. It excites me to, to add value to their life. It helps. I, I enjoy being somebody that is a gift and, and really adds to their life and contributes to their life in ways that matter. I intercede for my partner, whatever that is, right? And then what do you need to believe to take that action? I believe that I'm in love. I believe that I grow in love more and more every day. I believe that I get better and better at expressing, communicating this love. I believe that me growing and changing changes everything. I believe that we are partnered on purpose, right? When you believe those things, then you show you have more energy to work with and then you take different action and you get different results, okay? This is a bit off the cuff, but you get it. This work is so, so powerful. And especially when you're working with a coach and can get super specific, you can get these results very quickly. They're accelerated, right? So where you've spent years working a really crappy pattern, you can work a different pattern and entirely change your life and those that you're connected to, all right? And it starts with mastering your inner game. So I just want you to evaluate your world this week. Think about how you are showing up. Are you extremely outerly focused and are recognizing that, man, I actually don't even cultivate my inner world at all. Makes some sense, right? Take a look at where you're focusing and the type of energy that you're putting into motion because that absolutely starts on the inside. All right. If you want to dive into this work, I've got great opportunities for you. I have a couple of coaching spots if you want to work together one-on-one and learn about what that is like. I'd be honored to hop on a call with you. The the first call is free. So if you just want to find out if you want to work together, what that looks like, that is something that you can book over at julianapage.com. There is also the God's Vibes Mastermind. I like to say that this is Holy Spirit Boot Camp. (laughs) We go through all of these things so deeply. It is a three-month-long program, but you get lifetime access to it. There's weekly live coaching, there's prayer calls, there's weekly homework, but you also get 12 weeks of content. Anything from reclaiming your spiritual authority, co-laboring with God, ruling and reigning in your life, stepping into royalty in the highest version of you, how to really learn how to transition from where you are into this next version of you and dealing with the uncertainty and the unknown that comes up and presents its own obstacles. All of that is developed into course form with videos and homework, and you get coaching on that ongoing. So it is 
an immense amount of value, kind of a no-brainer, but you can find out about that over at julianapage.com as well, in addition to just books as well. So if you want to really get into devotional time with God and really focus on connecting with God and starting to build that relationship to a new place, there's books and materials that can help you do that as well. So go check that out, have fun, and until next time, stay blessed. 